This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. God is good. The Lord is good. Amen. It is nice to be in the house of the Lord. I'm like King David. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. He also said, I'd rather be a gatekeeper in God's house than live the good life of the wicked. He said, I'd, I'd rather open the doors at church. I'd rather I'd rather vacuum the carpets than be some rich person out in the world that doesn't have God in their life. And I'm with David on that one. I'd rather be right here than anywhere else in this world this morning. Can I get an amen? All right. Well, this morning we're going to be on part three of our series called Hunted. Yeah. I've been saying 100, and Shaheem kindly told me that that's not how you say it, old man. He said that it's hunted. So we're on part three of hunted this morning, and uh, we're going to be talking about how God's word is hunted. It's a, it's 100% true if you're over the age of 30. So uh, what we've got here this morning, though, I wanted to show you this real quick. Listen, we're talking about God's word, and you need to have a hard copy of God's word in your life. Amen. I'm really glad for, you know, we talk about this. There's nothing wrong with having the Bible on your phone. I read it every day. I've got a good streak going on the little Bible app. You know, I'm happy about that. But there's nothing in this world like having God's word in your life, on your lap, spending time with God. Because listen to me, I, this does, the battery doesn't die on this one, okay? Uh, you know what I mean? This, you don't have to update the app on this one. And, that, and all that stuff's great, but we have some of these in the bookstore. This is the New Living Translation, which is the translation I personally recommend the most. Uh, it's in modern English, and according to most Bible scholars that I've seen, is the most accurate to the original text. And I really trust uh, Rick Renner. He's a word of faith theologian and he knows he has a he has a phd in biblical greek so i'm like he if someone knows what he's talking about he knows what he's talking about so amen so the nlt we got some of those in the bookstore and uh and if you don't have a good uh, copy that you can get a hold of head on back there and grab one of those if you need an outline this morning raise your hand the ushers are on standby there oh here they go here they go they want to hand something out look at their faces they want to hand something out this morning yep come on all right so what we're going to be talking about this morning is God's word is 100. It's 100% true. It's 100% accurate. It's 100% powerful. It's 100% of what you need in your life. Look no further than right here in the word of God. And so I want to open up with a verse this morning in Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55. And we're going to look at this here. Uh, first of all, in the New King James Version, then in the New Living Translation. But uh, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, and you have to realize that you can count on God's word. You can count on it. It does always work. And some people are like, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I believe that it's powerful, and I believe that absolutely it says that. But in my experience, listen, you need to flush your experience and get a hold of the Word of God right here. Isaiah 55:11 is where it's at. It says this, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It's not going to return to God void. You're not going to mock him. You're not going to call God a liar. He says, my word shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper. And the thing for which I sent it, God's word works every single time. Let's look at it in the NLT here. It says it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. Always is a pretty concrete word right there. That's kind of gutsy to step out, for God to step out and say, my word, always, 100% of the time, every single time, my word works. It always produces fruit. It never returns unto me void. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Now, when I read those verses, man, that gets me excited because, listen, you don't have to be, you know, the brightest person in the world to know how to open your Bible and get God's word to work in, in your life. We're all on an even playing field here. Nobody has the upper hand. Nobody was just born one of God's favorites. Everybody can use the word of God. And God promised it's not going to return to me void. You are not 
going to say that my word doesn't work. You are not going to say that it doesn't. Listen to me. Always produces what I send it forth to do. Never returns to me void. It will prosper everywhere I send it. Listen, that's some very bold stuff right there. But I'm here to tell you this morning that that's the absolute truth. This is the real deal. This is the real deal right here. And the thing is, we have to learn how to get it into our lives and how to apply it. And so I'm going to encourage you for a few minutes this morning about how God's word is always the right answer. It is always 100% of the time the real deal. Amen. So let's so the first thing we're going to say today is this. Number one is that his word is true 100% of the time. It's always true. Always. It's always true 100% of the time. There's never a time that God's word isn't true and that you were right and God was wrong. Never going to happen, ever. So let's look at something Jesus said here in John chapter 14, verse 6. John 14, verse 6. Now here's something that Jesus said, and man, maybe you've heard this before, but you, and, and you've got to get this revelation in your heart right here. Because there's a lot of people, you know, I've heard that verse, and it's great that you've heard that verse, but are you living that verse? Do you really have the revelation of that verse in your heart? You've got to be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, as James said in James 1.22, or you're deceiving yourself. And I don't want any deceived people this morning. You all are my friends. I don't like to have deceived friends. I don't want to be a deceived man myself. I want to be a doer of God's word. We've got to obey it. So John 14.6, what did Jesus say? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. There we have it again. Jesus left no, there's no room for arguing that. There's no, there's absolutely no other way you could spend that. There's no other way. There's not another translation, interpretation you could put on that. Jesus said, I am the way. The, the only way. The way. He didn't say, well, I'm one of the ways, man. He said, I am the truth. He didn't say, I'm one of those things in this world that's true. One of those rare things that's true. I'm one of them. No, he said, I'm the way. I'm the truth and the life. Nobody ever can go to the Father except through me. There is nobody that's going to be in heaven that's there without having accepted Jesus Christ and called upon his. It's impossible or else Jesus is a liar. But guess what? Jesus isn't a liar. He's the way and he is the truth. So his word is true whether you agree with it or not. Have you realized that? You know, it seems like in our 2018, you know, everybody's so sensitive. We've talked about this, so I'm not going there, though we could. We're not going there this morning. But everybody's like, well, I don't agree with that, so it must not be true. Well, that's not my experience, so uh, that's not how I feel about that topic, so I guess that's not true. Listen, it doesn't matter if you agree with it. It's still true. It doesn't matter if you agree with gravity. You jump off the building. It's true. You're wrong, and it's right every time, even if it hurts your feelings, even if it's not what you wanted it to be, even if it's not what you feel is right, it doesn't matter what you feel. Truth is truth. And so there's a lot of times, you know, well, man, listen, I, I know the Bible says that, but I tell you what, I, I just, I don't, I don't get that, man. I, 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 it doesn't matter if you understand it. It's still true. There's a lot of things I don't understand, but just because I don't understand it, that doesn't, uh, not, that doesn't invalidate the truth of what that is. Does that make sense this morning? That listen to me, God's word's true whether you agree with it or not, and so you might as well just get in line with it because there's a lot of things in there that have rubbed me the wrong way. Sometimes I've got roughed up a little bit when I'm studying the word. Sometimes I, man, are you serious? I got to, I got to stop doing that. Are you serious? It really says that it really does. And guess what? It's true. Whether you agree with it or not, God does not need your permission for what he put in his word. It's there signed, sealed, delivered for thousands of years. And just because you come along and have a different opinion doesn't mean it's going to change. God's word is right. It has been right, and it will always be right. Amen. Have you noticed that the Bible hasn't ever been updated? Well, you know, we got translations, you know, maybe make it into, you know, somebody's language or somebody, you know, modern day. But there, you, there's never been somebody that has changed 
the meaning of the scripture and been right. Now, we know the Mormons and ones have tried, but they're dead wrong. And we could go into that all day long. But again, I'm not doing that today. So but but I'm telling you, listen, nobody has ever able made an update. Why don't we have why don't we update the Bible? Because my phone needs updated about once a week. My computer, it needs updated all the time. My tablet, my, my car, all these things. And they're great. They're the modern, the, you know, the, the, the wonder of modern technology, man. We're so smart, aren't we? We've got phones. We've got computers. We're the best ever. No, we're not. Because they need updated all the time. Why? Because they're not perfect. Because they think, oh, well, well, something went wrong with this. So now we've got to update it to fix that bug. Or, you know what? Uh, we found a better way to do this. But the word of God has never needed that because it's always been perfect. How do you update perfect? What would you update to? How do you improve on perfection? You can't do it. And so the word of God has never needed an update. And we think we're so advanced because we've got these gadgets, but they're they're only good for about a week before they need updated again because something better, something has been improved The word of God has never been improved upon. It's been perfect ever since God spoke it, ever since he had holy men write it down way back in the day. And so God's word is perfect. And so have you noticed, you know, how even doctors and scientists have to update their opinions, their their opinions change? That that always gets me, man. It seems like every day you can, you know, see what's going on in the news and this just in. Drinking coffee will definitely kill you, definitely give you cancer. Like, oh, man, wow. Okay. And so the next morning, if you don't drink coffee, you're not getting enough vitamin Q and you're going to die. But yesterday you guys said this. No, you, you've got to eat red meat every day. Or, 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 and then the next day, man, red meat, that'll kill you, man. Don't eat that stuff. Bacon. Don't eat bacon. And now, if they said that, I would know they're lying. Okay. Christ has redeemed us. We're, we're going to eat bacon in this church. Amen. We have a whole night to celebrate bacon in August, so God is good. But what I'm saying is this, is doctors, if they're the smartest people in the world, how come all the time they change their opinion? They have to change what, well, we know we said this, but actually it turns out it's actually good for you, not bad for you. So start eating this. We know we told you not to. Or, or well, now we said this was fact for, th- I mean, we, we said this was a fact, but it, we've discovered that it's not a fact. We were actually wrong. Why is that? Because they're not perfect. How come God's words never needed that? Never needed enough. Because it's perfect. It's always been perfect. It's always had the right answer to every single situation. And, you know, there's so many ways we can prove God's word is true. But one way that I kind of like to prove that it's true, I mean, obviously, if you're a Christian, you, a, a true born-again Christian, you just take it at, at face value. It's true because God wrote it, and we know that much, right? I don't need any other explanation than that. I don't need any other proof. But it's cool that God did leave us proof in other areas. And so I, I see all the time how archaeologists will dig up something that, you know, scientists said, well, no, 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 the, the Bible said that, but it's not true. That, that's not, we've never seen it. Okay, so just because you've never seen it doesn't mean it's, it's, it's not true. Listen to me. I was looking about, uh, I was looking up some stories, and uh, in the book of John, you guys have heard the story of the pool of Bethesda? You remember that story where uh, there's a, a crippled man there, he wanted to get into the water? And so scientists for years said, man, that, that can't possibly be true. We've never seen that, and we've, we've discovered that. Whole... Well, just recently, they dug up the pool of Bethesda. It was 40 feet below ground under all this stuff. They found the pool of Bethesda. It had five entrances, five hallways, just like the book of John said. And listen, God was right. They were wrong. Another one is uh, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. People, well, those weren't even real cities. We have no other proof of that. Oh, they're real cities. Absolutely. And, you know, people, well, that's just, Bible made that to be mean to gay people. No, it didn't. It's really in there, man. And so it was funny. A few years ago, uh, 15 years ago, they discovered some old trade maps from thousands of years ago and listed on them were two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible wasn't the only thing that referenced them. But better than that, in 2005, some Christian archaeologists went to digging in the area the Bible said it was in. And, uh, and like, we think it's right here, according to Scripture. Well, it took them a while, but in 2008, they dug it up and confirmed this was the site of Sodom and Gomorrah. It was covered in ash and everything else, and it was very apparent that life came to a very abrupt halt right there. And so, what am I saying? Why am I throwing all that out there? I'm trying to tell you that God's Word is 
true. It's true. Amen. I don't want to sit here and read a book of fairy tales. I don't want to sit here and read something just to just to waste my time away. God's word is true and it will absolutely change your life. And so, sorry, but your opinion doesn't count on this topic right here. Whether you agree with it or not, whether you feel it's in your bet, it doesn't matter. God's word is true and I'm wrong. If I have a different opinion, I'm wrong. And so one thing that I like to say is this, quit trying to change the Bible to be more like you and start changing you to be more like the Bible. We need to listen, you need to quit trying to change the Bible to be more like you and you need to start changing you to be more like the Bible, because that's where we're at in our society right now is like, well, we know the Bible says this, but I mean, I think that. Maybe it meant this or, or I mean, but that was so, man, that's old, that's old school. That's old fashioned. Things have changed. Doesn't matter. Truth doesn't change. Listen to me. We can't just change the, reword the Bible. We can't reinterpret it. We can't put a new spin on it so it'll line up with our life and validate our sin. So it will validate our actions, our feelings, what we want to do. You can do that all day long, but in the end, it is not going to work out for you. And I'll bet every one of us has been guilty of that, okay? I'm, I'm, I'll bet every one of us is like, yeah, well, I know, but there's probably an exception. Yeah. Listen, we can't be that way. God's word is true. If I have a different opinion or a different experience, I'm wrong. God's right every time. And, I, and I've been there. I've been wrong. You've been wrong. And God is always right. The second thing I'm going to say today is this. Number two is that his word works 100% of the time. His word works 100% of the time. And again, that may seem like a pretty gutsy type of a thing to say because I'll bet every single one of us has prayed for something that it seems like didn't happen. Or, or, or maybe we know somebody that we consider like, man, they're really close to God and it seems like their prayer didn't get answered. Well, I know this much. I can't answer every question in this world, and I don't even begin to try. I'm not that smart. I don't know that much. I'm not going to play God. You know, people sometimes like, well, explain this one, big guy. Can't. Sorry. All I know is God's right. You're wrong. You know, I don't know what else to say. God's right, and I'm wrong, even if I don't understand it. But I know this. In my life, Every time that I look back and it seems like something didn't get answered or, or, or seems like something didn't go the way I wanted to in my life, I won't speak for you, but I know in my life, every single time I've looked back and it was something that I fouled up on my end. You, you do you. I'm not talking about I'm talking about me every time in my life that I can look back and I'm like, man, it seems like that didn't get answered. Well, there's a there's there's a lot of things uh, somewhere along the way. Pastor Dave Sample screwed it up. And again. You can examine your life, but I know maybe I wasn't walking in love and forgiveness like the Word of God says. Maybe I'm praying for God to just pour in a bunch of a financial blessing in my life, but here I am mad at these guys over here and wanting to fight with them the whole time. And then I'm like, well, God didn't answer that prayer. Of course he didn't. Your faith works by love. If you're mean and a hater and nasty, you're not going to get your prayers answered. And so don't sit there and say, well, this stuff doesn't work. I can name one time that God's Word didn't work. No, it wasn't God's word that didn't work. It, it, it was my fault for not doing what God told me to do and the other portion of his word. Or maybe sometimes God has answered my prayer in a whole other, bigger, greater way than what I was even what I was praying for. God's brought in an even bigger blessing. I've been praying for a, you know, a spoonful of sugar and, and, and that didn't come. But it's because later on, God wanted to dump in a whole barrel of sugar on me. Hallelujah, sugar. And so listen, God answers our prayers his word always works and if it seems like somewhere along the way it didn't happen listen i i'm not you can examine your life but i know in my life it's always been something that i did wrong somewhere along the way okay and you can look at your life but i do know this much i refuse to elevate my personal opinion or experience above god's word i'm gonna say that again and i think we need to say it for you you need to refuse to elevate your personal opinion or experience above God's word. Because, again, we can say, well, I, I know the scripture says this, but in my experience, this is what happened. That may be. 
that may be what happened in your experience or your opinion may be just a little bit different. But I, I don't have the guts. I'm sorry. I, I'm not bold enough. I'm not courageous enough. I, I, I'm not dumb enough to sit there and say, God, your word says this, but it doesn't work for me. Listen, I don't maybe you have the guts to tell God that your opinion carries more weight than his word does. But I'm not going to do that. Even if even if a thousand times I prayed for that, even if for a thousand times it seemed like like it didn't go my way. I'm still not I'm not I'm not gutsy enough to say, well, God, you're wrong because it didn't happen for me. I'm not going to do that. Not going to do it. He's right. Every single time his word does work. A hundred percent of the time. Let's turn over to Psalm 119. We're going to come back to John in a minute so you can hold your spot. But let's look over at Psalm 119. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? You picked a good day to come to church, friends. Of course, there's not a bad day to come to church. Every day is a good day to come to church. So Psalm 119. I'm going to look at a verse here, verse 160. But while we're going there... Have you ever had a computer problem or something you're getting mad at? Maybe one of your brilliant electronic devices and you're sitting there like this piece of junk won't work. And man, maybe you're smacking it. Maybe you're, you know, banging on the keyboard or whatever the case is. I can tell some of you have done that. I know Julie has. So, yeah. All right. So, you know, you're banging it like this piece of junk. And then it turns out in the end, it wasn't actually the, the piece of junk. It was actually user error. You were doing something wrong. A lot of times people are doing that with the Bible. It says this, but I don't it's not happening for me. Well, there's probably user error somewhere in there because, listen, if my computer can be right, if my phone can be right and, it, and it's not its fault, then I know the word of God. It's possible for me to have user error with the word of God. That's absolutely possible. And sometimes there's user error going on. And, you know, you can examine your own life. Psalm 119 verse 160 says, the entirety of your word is true. Let's look at that. The entirety of your word is true. Not 50, not 75%, not 80, not your words right 99.9% of the time. That'd be awesome if something was right 99.9% of the time. But that's an insult to God because the entirety of his word is is true. That's hard for us to imagine. That that I think I think sometimes we nod and say yes, amen, brother. Yes, it's all. But but I think sometimes it flies over our head because there's not a lot of things in this world that are a hundred percent right. Am I right on that? There's a lot of things in this world that you just cannot count on them one hundred percent of the time. And so we see something like this: the entirety of your word is truth. Yes, it is. Hallelujah and praise God. But really. The entirety, every little thing in there, every aspect, every word, every letter, every punctuation, everything in God's word, the entirety of his word is true. That's absolutely incredible to think about. So that means any answers I need in my life can be found in his word. And we're like, well, I, yeah, I know, I get that. Seriously, any answer that you need can be found in the Word of God. It's just, amen? We're just so used to having quick answers. We're so used to Google that we don't want to take the time to open up our Bible. And, well, I know that, that the book of Acts talks about this. So let's study Acts for a little bit and see what it says. Because, yeah, listen, you got to do a little bit of digging when you're trying to find gold, don't you? The nuggets aren't always just laying on top of the ground. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta do a little digging. You gotta do a little bit of, a little bit of, put some time into it. And oftentimes we don't wanna, uh, I need answers, but I need them now. I don't have time for that. Listen, you've gotta take the time to get God's Word into your heart. You gotta take time to actually study it, but I guarantee you the answers you need are right there in God's Word. And so David said, Psalm 119, the entirety of your Word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. So God's word, not only was it right back then, it endures forever. It's right today, 2018. It's still right. Now I want to show you something that Jesus himself said in John 17. Let's flip back over there, back to John 17. 
So David said, the entirety of your word is truth. So God's word equals truth. Because Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. According to John 1, Jesus is the word. So you can't go wrong with the word. I heard some numbskull say a while back, and he's supposedly a Christian, the lead singer for a Christian band, but I've boycotted them now, believe you me. But he said, man, you know, I just... Seems like so many of these Christians, they just put the Bible on a pedestal, man. They just put it, it's like, they put the Bible like, they worship that thing. I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, I, I, my entire life is based off of that. Everything I do is based, yes, ab, it's on a pedestal. If I could build something to, yes, I would do that. And I wouldn't feel bad for that. Yes, the Bible is on a pedestal. The Bible is that holy in our lives. And if you think, man, I just want to love Jesus, but I don't know that Bible stuff, man. I just want to put out, put out the vibe, man. If I hear one more person send me good vibes, I'm going to punch him. Keep your stinking good vibes. You can send prayers. Vibes don't do nothing for me. Could you send some good vibes? I've got a job interview. No, I will not. I'm not sending you vibes. You need prayer. You don't need vibes. So anyway, uh, man, there's no way in the world that you're ever going to put too much emphasis on the Bible. That's impossible to do. It's like it's impossible to, you know, eat too much bacon. Well, that is possible. But at the same time, it's impossible to like God's word, to love it, to read it too much. There's never a time that I've spent time studying the word and be like, man, I wish I hadn't spent so much time with the Bible today. Wow, I could have been playing some games. I could have been out on face. I could have been out, you know, taking a walk or something. Man, I could have been watching more football, but I, I chose to use my time reading the Bible. Man, I really regret that. Never happened. Not one time have I. But there's been plenty of times that, man, I wish I would have turned that stupid football game off and read the Bible for a while. Man, I wish I would have spent more time with God's word. But it's impossible to put too much emphasis. It's impossible to love God's word too much. We can never love it enough. But Jesus himself said in John 17, verse 17, he said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Jesus said it right there, speaking to the Father in this prayer. He said, your word is truth. And so I'm personally glad that in my life, when I got leukemia, that my parents believed that God's word really is truth. Because other people can come when you get a bad report, Dylan, you know, and Pam, you know. People come and say, listen, we're praying for you, but we just want you to know I had a friend that went through that and he didn't make it. Or I, I you know, I, I had this happen and man, I am heartbroken that that happened. But God's word is truth. His word said by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. So your opinion's great, but I don't need your opinion. I need the word of God. Well, I, I, I know, man, I, I believe me, I know that God could do that. And I am, I am praying, man. I'm sending out the vibe right now. I'm vibing like crazy over your situation at the moment. But listen to me. Listen. Matthew 8, 17 says Jesus came to take our sickness and remove our disease. And so I'm sorry about your experience, but that doesn't change what the word of God says. I'm praying based on the word, not on your experience. My faith is based upon God's holy written word, not on your opinion. And if that, I mean, if that hurts you, I'm really sorry. But all I know is this, I'm still alive 29 years later, and I'm really, really glad that my parents took the time to actually open the Bible and study. And you notice every single time somebody came up to Jesus, and a lot of times people would say, Lord, if it's your will, you could heal me. Teacher, rabbi, if it's your will, you could heal me 100% of the time. He said, I'm willing, be healed. There's not one time, zero times that Jesus said, nah, not you. I, listen, I, I want you to have that. It, not, not you. It never happened. And so you're like, well, but in my experience, quit with your experience. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If my experience is different, I'm wrong, God's right. You're wrong. God's right. That's not to make you feel bad. That's not to be a hater. That's just to say God's word is true. If Jesus back in the day 
wanted to help people, if Jesus back in the day wanted to give you peace, if Jesus back in the day wanted to deliver you and save you and heal you and provide for you, when did he quit doing that? Because according to Hebrews 13.8, he never changes. Malachi says, I am God, I change not. So if the God you serve changed and he doesn't want to help people anymore, somewhere along the way you're serving the wrong God. If the, if the God you serve used to help people out, used to deliver people, used to heal people, used to save people, but nah, that was back then, not now. Listen, some, you're, I don't know what you're doing, but it, you're, you got mixed up somewhere because my God said, I don't change. Why would he change if he's perfect? Do perfect, well, there's only been one perfect person ever and that's Jesus. But just think about if something's perfect, why would it change? When did Jesus ever need to change who he is? He never needed to. He's perfect. And I'm not. And so if there's a conflict somewhere, I'm guessing the perfect one is right and the imperfect one is wrong. And so even if my experience, even if my opinion, even if people that I know and love have taught me other things, that's great, that's dandy. But if the people I know and love taught me something and the Bible says something different, He's right. They're wrong. Hunted. Hunted. 100% of the time, Jesus said, I am willing. I want to heal you. First John chapter five. Are we getting somewhere today? First John chapter five. We're looking at a few verses here and you've probably read these. You're probably familiar with first John five verses 14 and 15. But again, I love scriptures that they're concrete. They leave no doubt about it. When God makes a definite promise, because then it's funny to see people come along and say, well, it says that, but what it really means in the original Greek, if you take it back to the blah, 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 then it means this. No, it, I mean, it says it right there. It says, it says this. The, the problem is so many people overcomplicate the word of God because they had a different experience, so they try to re-explain it. Well, it says this right here, but what it actually means is because back then, and this, and that, and this, and then what happened was, uh, and, and then this, and this, and this, and that's why it didn't work for me, because it didn't really mean that. It meant this. Wouldn't it just be easier to believe it and receive it and, you know, and bring it into your life? I mean, that's a lot easier than trying to reconfigure the wording and, and, and restructure the original text so it lines up with what you believe. Change what you believe to what the Bible says. First John five fourteen and 15, New King James, it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, say anything, according to his will, he hears us. That's good news right there. Because I don't want to be asking and praying to a God that doesn't even hear me. So I know this much. That if I ask for anything according to his will, first of all, I know that the prayer has been heard. Verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, say whatever we ask. We know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Don't try to re-explain that. Don't try to reword that. Don't try to readjust that to where it fits what you believe. It just, it says it right there. We know that if we ask for anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, we can have the petitions that we've asked of him. Don't try to change that to fit you. Change you to fit that. And so that, again, that seems like, well, that, that's a gutsy thing, but how can we possibly know the will of God? Because that's how most people would explain that. I know it says that, but who are you to just assume that you know the will of God? I know the will of God. How dare you? Yeah, no, really. His word is his will. All I got to do is study the, study the Bible, man. Study the scripture. And if it says, I came to give you life and life more abundantly, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, then I don't have to wonder... Jesus, is it your will that I live, or did you want me to go ahead and die at the age of 32? Why would I, why would I even need to ask that? That's stupid. That is, that is, that is stupid. I've got a wife and kids. I've got a church. Why, why, would, why would I even question whether God wants me to continue living? But some people, if it be thy will, Lord, it's his will. Because he said, I've come to give you life, and life more abundantly. 
Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, 3 John 2. Why would he say that if he didn't mean it? And so listen to me. There are some things where I would pray, Lord, I mean, I need to know your will in this. I got two job offers. I need to know the better one. Lord, show me what your will is because I don't know which one. That's that's appropriate right there. But if there's something that Jesus straight up said, I want your life to be like this, then why would I need to pray? Lord, if it's your will for my life to really be like you just told me that you wanted my life to be like, then let it happen. What? Don't overcomplicate this thing, man. If Jesus said, this is how it is and this is what I want for you, just receive it, man. Don't try to figure out all the reasons why you can't have it. Listen, whenever somebody gives me a gift, I'm like, no, 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 please, no. I, I couldn't possibly, t- no, no, you know, I couldn't, I'm not worthy. I don't want it. I couldn't take it. There's no way. I mean, that had to cost you a lot. And listen, the gift of salvation, that costs Jesus a lot. But I'm not going to sit there and argue my way out of it. I'm just going to receive it. And so many times they're like, well, it couldn't possibly. Could it really be? Would you look at that? I mean, all these different things. Listen to me. Just receive the word of God. Just believe it. Receive it into your life. And it'll change you, man. It'll, it'll absolutely transform your life and change you into being the person that God has for you to be. And the third thing we'll say today is this. Number three. His word will change your life. Nobody that apply, that reads the word and actually applies it, it's impossible for that to not change your life. There's a bunch of people that study, you know, have studied scripture, but they didn't apply it to their lives. And so they're not a doer of the word. They're a hearer only. And no wonder their lives are still messed up. But when you study the word and apply it and obey it in your life, I guarantee you 100 Percent of the time, it will change your life. Always. Every time, it'll change your life. And I can say this, nothing has changed my life more than God's Word. Nothing. There's not one thing that has changed my life the way that the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures, have changed my life. His Word has saved my behind way too many times. Okay? His ways pulled me out of the ditch Time and time again through his word. His word has brought me the answers countless times. I couldn't even begin to count them. His word has brought me the encouragement I needed when I was this close to quitting. When I was this close to giving up, one scripture can come in and absolutely change everything. You guys remember the cartoon Popeye? Not the chicken place, the cartoon. Okay. And so Popeye, he could be in a battle, man. He could be getting defeated, right? He could be getting, get, absolutely getting beat up. But then he, he'd get out his secret weapon. Well, this can of spinach, right? He would get the spinach, open it, and then partake of it. And then all of a sudden, like, he started getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's the way it is with the Word of God. You'd be getting your butt kicked. You could be getting absolutely pounded into the ground. You open up the Bible, partake of it, actually get it in you. You start like, man, I'm feeling that. I'm starting. You get stronger and stronger and stronger. And I can tell you, man, how many times in my life I've been down. I've had the blues. I've had depression. I've had something going on. And just to just get even one scripture to become alive on the inside of me, man, you break the chains off. You get stronger. And next thing you know, man, you're ready to go conquer the mountain. You want to take on the world. And five minutes ago, you couldn't, you couldn't see any hope for tomorrow. Why is that? Because God's word will change your life. There's nothing in this world that can do what the word of God can do. There's nothing in this world that can change us like God's word can change us. Just this morning, I was reading some stories from the American Bible Association. Anyone do that this morning? So uh, anyway, I was looking at some stuff uh, from the American Bible, and and this this they're a great organization. They will print Bibles in people's languages and and just get them over there, man. All these countries that there's still countries that don't have a Bible in their language. They work tirelessly to get Bibles to people, not just here in the U.S. but all over the world. And I was reading this story about this family in Nicaragua. 
And, you know, we love Nicaragua here at our church. But uh, Nicaragua, the, uh, this this family, the, their six-year-old daughter was diagnosed with leukemia. And so they, they got her into the hospital down there. But I can tell you, Nicaraguan health care is horrific. It's not, it is not good. And, I mean, it, it's it's awful. And so they got her in the hospital, which I don't know if that's better or worse than what she already had going on. But the American Bible Association gets a copy of the scriptures to this mom. And she, I mean, she doesn't know much about it. She starts studying and she starts, man, Jesus healed this guy. Jesus, Jesus healed this little girl. Jesus did. He raised this girl from the, she starts studying. Nobody had to explain it. Well, it, yeah, but that was back then. No, but listen, she just took the word of God at face value, the purest form. And her little girl within five months was 100% healed. The word of God. How can you complicate that? It's the word of God. I was about this other lady in Peru. Her and her husband, uh, they have a guinea pig farm. Yeah, guinea pig farm. And so anyway, she had, a, she had a pretty rough life. I was I was reading about her life. I'm like, man, that's awful. She all their stuff they their stuff would always get stolen. You know, from people in the village, out in the jungle. I mean, they'd get something, it'd get stolen the next day. They'd buy something, it'd break down the next day. They had six kids, three of them died. There was just awful life. She didn't know how to read. But somebody got some copies of the Bible in her language over to their village. She learned how to read with a Bible. That's how she learned how to read. And so she starts studying the Bible from there and after a while, she's like, their life, they start prospering right there in the jungle of Peru. They've never been stolen from ever since then. None of their stuff's broken down ever since then. Their lives, they're in perfect health. Their lives are doing fantastic. And how is that? Did they just finally hit their streak? They just got in the zone? No. They just, they get a hold of the word of God. That book that so many of us toss around. That book that so many of us, I don't want to actually open up. I'm just, if I got time to open up my phone here. Just, okay, there's the verse of the day. Hallelujah. I'm a word man. Yeah. Sometimes I roll my eyes so hard they get stuck. I got to put it down like that. You're not a word man if you read the verse of the day on your app. There's more to it than that. Anyway, but the word of God changed these people's lives. And they weren't Americans. They 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 lived out in the middle of nowhere in a poor environment. So sometimes people say, you know, you, you guys quote those, you live in America, man. You, you, you've got health care. You've got money. Listen, it'll work anywhere. God's no respecter of persons. His word will work anywhere for those that work his word. Nicaragua, Peru, Russia, wherever you're at, the word of God always works when we actually believe it. And so I want to go down here to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews 4, 12. And as we're turning there, you know, I think we need to be thankful that we have the scriptures in our day. We have the Holy Scriptures in our language. Because honestly, no joking, people have given their lives to get this to you. People that you've never met or never heard of, they've died for you to have the scriptures in 2018. I think about William Tyndale. He was the first to translate the Bible into the English language, and that was against the law. King of England hated his guts, burned him at the stake for doing it. But I'm thankful that he did it. His last words were, God opened the king of England's eyes. And then he, he died in fire at the stake there. But, but why is that? Somebody was willing to die for that so I could read it? Just in 2016, because we're like, well, that was, that was back in the 1500s, I mean... That doesn't happen anymore. Oh, it happened still. March of 2016. The Wycliffe Associates is another group of Bible interpreters. They sent 10 people to the Middle East to, to get the Bible translated into eight little dialects, languages in the Middle East. Well, ISIS found out about it, busted into their little office there, and killed four of them. Uh, shot two, and then the other two guys were laying on top. They were guarding the main translator because he had the most knowledge. And they took the bullets, and they took the hits to the head, and they died. And and all that was just so they could translate the Bible. And those guys that were still alive, did they pack up and head home? No. They just opened up across town, and they finished translating the Bible. 
Why would people do that for just a book? Because this isn't just a book. Why would you give your life for a book? I mean, I've read good books. I'm Moby Dick, whatever. I've read good books. I wouldn't die for it. Nobody would die for just some stupid book. But this isn't just some stupid book. It's not a book. It's a lie. This is God's holy word. You can't compare this to anything else in this world. Hebrews 4.12, it says this, For the word of God is alive. Well, a book isn't alive. That's right. This isn't just a book. The word of God is not just a book. It's alive. It's powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's why people would die for this. Because it's not a book. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It can divide between the spirit and the soul. And there's a lot of people. There's nothing in this world that can divide between spirit and soul. Most people think they're the same thing. They don't even know you can divide between spirit and soul. They're not the same thing. And the word of God, it divides between spirit and soul. And it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's why I would die for this. Absolutely, I would. I take a bullet for the word of God. Why? Because it's not just a book. It's God's holy word. And it'll change lives. No matter who you are, where you're from, it'll change your life. It'll save you if you will actually read it and believe it. And the last story I want to tell today is in Luke chapter 8. So God's word is not just a book. It's alive. It's the very words of God himself. Now look at Luke chapter 8. And uh, as we're flipping there, you know, Jesus often told stories to illustrate his teachings, right? We call them parables. And according to Jesus, his most important parable, according to him and Mark, uh, but it's in the three Gospels, uh, Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. They all tell the story of the sower sowing the word. Okay, And Jesus said, if you can understand this parable, you can understand everything else. And so it's a very important, the most probably the most famous parable that Jesus told. But he tells this story about this farmer goes out and he's just he's planting seeds. But how he's doing it is he's just he's he's spreading the seeds. He's got seeds in a bag. You know, in our day and age, farmers have these big equipment and stuff. But this guy, he's just he's just throwing the seed out and wherever it lands, it lands. Some lands on rocky soil, some lands in the weeds, some lands on this really hard ground that people use as a walking path. But then he said some of it actually lands on really good, soft soil. And no matter the the, the seed that landed on the each different type of soil produced a different result. Some of it got choked out right away. Some of it just bounced right off because the ground was so hard. And he said the soil, the seed that landed on the good soil, it produced a hundredfold crop. And you're like, what? So look at this. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. This is a translation that I, I, I do like. It's a paraphrase. But the Passion Translation, Luke chapter 8, verse 11. You may, just want to, you may want to look at this up here. Here, then, is the deeper meaning to my parable. So Jesus explains the parable. The word of God is the seed that is sown into hearts. Okay, and so the word of God, even today, we've read a lot of scripture. The word of God has been thrown out just like this all over this congregation. And I know I already know that it's going to have a different effect in different lives. Some of you, you know, you know who you are, but maybe you had a hard heart. And so it just kind of bounced off because that's not what I've always heard. So, you know, it bounced off. That's fine. That's you. Or some of us, they had a rocky soil, so it, it, it couldn't grow. I know that we've planted the seed of the word today. We've thrown it all over this place and it's going to have different results. There are some people in here that will get absolutely amazing results from the word of God that they've heard today or in any sermon, any time you open your Bible. And then some people will not. They've sat in the same room. They'll have not at all the same results. Why is that? The condition of your heart. And so here's what Jesus said. So that the seed that he's talking about is the word of God. Verse 12 says, the hard pathway represents the hard hearts of men who hear the word of God, but the slanderer quickly snatches away what was sown in their hearts to keep them from believing and experiencing salvation. Verse 13, the seed falling on the gravel or the stony ground represents those who initially respond to the word with joy. I've known a lot of people like this. 
But soon afterward, when a season of harassment of the enemy or difficulty comes to them, they wither and fall away, for they have no root in the truth, and their faith is temporary. There's a lot of people, man. They get in here, and they're full of joy for a little while. Then life actually happens. They actually have a little bit of hardship, and it was very shallow. They didn't, their, their word didn't take root in their life. They could say amen really well, but that was just surface level. The word didn't take root. And so trouble comes and they just they get plucked right out because they weren't very deep. Okay? And so that represents the people that have a hard, stony heart. And then verse 14, the seed that falls into the weeds represents the heart of those who hear the word of God, but their growth is quickly choked off by their own anxious cares, the riches of this world, and the fleeting pleasures of this life. That is why they never become mature and fruitful. And there's so many people, you know, we, we're like, we get so frustrated. Like, they have all the potential in the world. But the seed's just been thrown amongst weeds in their, you know, they've got weeds in their heart. They'd rather, they care more about the fleeting pleasures of this world. They care more about making a buck. They care more about different things, entertainment. And it's like, they think God's word's great. They think it's awesome. But there's other things that are also awesome and maybe more important. And so, yeah, it chokes out the word that's in their heart. Sad spot to be in. Verse 15, the seed that fell into good, fertile soil represents those lovers of truth who hear it deep within their hearts. Do we have any lovers of truth who hear it deep within their hearts today? They respond by clinging to the word, keeping it dear as they endure all things in faith. This is the seed that will one day bear much fruit in their lives. And I like the, the, the other translations say they can bear 30, 60, 100 fold as a 100 percent success in their life. Why is that? Because they've got a soft heart before the Lord. They've got a soft heart. The seeds plant the exact same seed is planted, but it soaks right in. They believe it. They won't let anything steal the word of God out of their heart. And they have 100% results on the seed that was planted in their hearts. And I don't know, out of the different hearts that I see in, in this story from Jesus, I like the last one best. I like the one that gets that hundredfold return in his life for believing and receiving the word of God with a soft heart. And so, as we're kind of winding down here today, the question for you is this. You know, we've seen over the last few weeks that Jesus really does love you and that you definitely do need to uh, give your all to Jesus. But the question today is this, as we've studied, God's word is always 100 percent true. What kind of soil is your heart for receiving that truth? Only you can answer that question. Is it hard? Is it full of weeds? Uh, is, it, is, it, is it got rocks? What, what, what's the condition of your heart? Because you may be sitting here saying, I know it's true, but it just, I've never had success with it. What's the condition of the soil of your heart that that seed's been planted into? And I want us to just examine our own lives this morning. Let's stand up together. Let's go ahead. We're going to call it quits there. Let's stand up together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.